Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 34. Today, I am hanging out with Nancy Ray. We are talking all about how to hire and choose the right associate team members when you're ready to expand your team. I'm so excited to dive deep into her photography business and to talk about how mine has evolved over the last six years. And we are going to get down to the nitty gritty and the fears that come along when you are considering if you should expand or not. Let's dive on in. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work, and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. This episode of the Gold Digger Podcast is sponsored by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is the management software that I use to stay organized, manage invoices, get paid, and give every client an elevated, unforgettable experience. HoneyBook is offering 20% off exclusively for Gold Digger listeners. Just go to honeybook.com slash gold digger to get started and get your life back today. Hey, Gold Diggers, welcome to today's episode. I'm really excited to introduce you to the incredible Nancy Ray. Nancy is based in Raleigh, North Carolina with her sweet husband and her baby girl, and she is also expecting another little one. She is a photographer. She runs a Nancy Ray shop. She's an avid reader, a runner. She's all things amazing, and I've kind of been following her creepily for a while. So having this friendship connect on the podcast is really exciting, and today we're going to talk about all about starting a team, how to foster that community within your team, and all the good things. So welcome, Nancy. Thank you so much, Jenna. It is such a joy and an honor to be here. I'm just thrilled. How can you not smile when you hear her voice? Like, I feel like (laughs) your energy just comes right through the microphone. So tell everyone about you, what you do, how you got to where you are. Fill us in on Nancy Ray. Absolutely. So I'm Nancy. I am born and raised Raleigh, North Carolina girl. Just as you said, I'm married to my husband, Will. We are coming up on nine years of marriage. Have the sweetest little girl in the world named Millie. 
and she's almost two and I'm expecting another this summer. So lots going on. I have been a photographer for almost 10 years and that is hard to believe. I can't believe that just came out of my mouth. I feel like (laughs) I blinked and that happened, but yeah. So for the first four years of my life as a business owner, I really just did the whole solo thing. It was me in the guest room of our apartment for the first two years, just trying to grow, shoot as many weddings as I could and hustle. And then we moved into our townhome. I had a little office for myself. And about four years in, my husband and I, he started second shooting with me. We were doing the whole husband and wife team thing. And we started having conversations like, well, do we want to do the husband and wife thing? Is that our heart. What do, what do I want? What do you want? We started praying a lot together and just talking about the bigger picture for this business. And we decided Nancy Ray photography was going to go on a different track and we were actually going to expand and grow a team. And we were going to start small and hire some help part-time and see if our journey would lead us to hiring associate photographers, which it ended up. Yes, we now have a team of associate photographers as well. And so long story short, you know, I'm 10 years in now. We've had a team for a little over five years, which is awesome. And they are just such a joy. And it has been such an amazing journey leading and growing a team. And man, I didn't expect for me to become so passionate about leading a team and leadership and just fostering such um, an awesome culture in my business. But that is my heartbeat now. And it is just so, so much fun. That's incredible. I think that there are so many parallels in our story. One thing that isn't a parallel is Drew would never second shoot with me, which is okay. (laughs) He has just had zero interest in that. And he's an awesome Instagram husband. I have to give him kudos on that. (laughs) But I am really excited to talk through kind of what it's looked like for you. And one of the biggest questions I get, especially when I'm teaching photographers is how do you know when the time is right to expand? So do you want to kind of touch on that and what that looked like for you? Definitely. So I think that I really started considering hiring someone when I felt like I was just so overwhelmed. I think that's the first sign that really said, like, I need help. Like, I really need help. I can't do the one man show anymore and do it well. And I was trying to do everything myself. The second thing that I realized was that I was turning away a lot of bookings and I was fully booked. And people still wanted my services. And so I realized, well, I could offer them a solution. If I had a team, then I could potentially duplicate myself and teach someone else to provide the same services that I'm providing. And we could serve more brides and more clients that way. And so when I was overwhelmed and I started turning away so many bookings, that's when my husband and I really started having these conversations. Well, what would this look like? How can we train someone to help carry this burden and carry this business to another level. I think that's exactly what happened with us as well. I had definitely considered associates for a long time, but there is so much that we'll talk about that goes into it. And the biggest thing for me was trust, having somebody I could trust on my team. And then also knowing that without a shadow of a doubt that these brides would get just as an exceptional of an experience as if they were with me. The other thing that really played into our decision to do it was just like you said, I was fully booked. I had decreased the number that I wanted to book each year. So then we were turning away even more. But at the same point too, my price point was 
out of reach for a lot of couples. Right. And so we wanted to give another option because we understood that. And so we wanted to give another option in terms of price point while still getting the experience and the quality, but just a different version of it. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. That's exactly where I was. And it's scary. It's really Mm -hmm. scary to have those conversations and think, is it even possible? I mean, this is really prideful sounding, but I kept thinking to myself, there's no way that someone can give what I give because there's only one me. And that's really kind of ugly sounding to say, because the the truth is that's just not true. Like there are amazing people out there. And I think that's a valid fear. (laughs) Right. And I I think as business owners, you know, we just are so protective of our art and our creativity Mm -hmm. and all that we've worked for. It's really hard to kind of cross that threshold and decide I'm going to teach everything that I know to someone else and train them and then also release them under my brand and my name. That's a scary risk that you have to take. But oh my goodness, it is so worth it. It's incredibly worth it to empower someone and teach them and raise them up as an incredible photographer and then see them shine and see them serve your clients well. And really in that situation, everyone wins. I mean, they win. My girls tell me all the time, Nancy, this is my dream job. And it brings tears to my eyes because I'm, it's amazing and humbling to think I'm providing a dream job for somebody. I'm pouring into them and raising them up. And in turn, we're all growing this business together and building this business to another level, serving more people together. But that fear, I'm so glad I broke through that fear of like, no one can do it like me. No one can be as good as me. No one can edit like me. No one can shoot like me. It's just a lie. You have to, you have to kind of push past and say, yes, you're unique. But you can train someone and you can teach someone and raise them up too. Amen. And I think too, one of the biggest things in pushing past that is breaking those barriers as a business owner and trusting little things to go to other people. And I know for me, I've always explained it like I was white knuckling my business. Like you said, I was overwhelmed. I didn't think that anyone could do anything I was doing. I wasn't willing to loosen my grip on anything. And slowly when God pried my hand open, that was when I was like fully able to just be present and accept. And I think that for me, it had to start small before I could go so big in terms of trusting, you know, an entire wedding to somebody else. Exactly. But it's, it's been such a blessing already. I think between my associate and I, we have, I think almost 30 weddings this year, but I'm only shooting eight. And so what a great way to be able to have content, to be able to serve that many brides, to give my associate a job, and also to just be able to pour into that many more people's lives. If I was stopping at eight, we would have turned away so many brides, you know, it's crazy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone wins. I mean, it's amazing because it seems counterintuitive in the beginning where you're just wanting to hold so tightly saying, no, I can do it all. I can do it all. And I think to be honest, the first couple of times that my girls started booking these really nice weddings, it was hard for me because I thought, oh, that means that I don't get to shoot there or I don't get to do that. And the Lord really worked on my heart in that because you know, he started teaching me like, no, this is what you want, Nancy. Like you want more family time. And you also want these women 
to like grow beyond you. Like that's my goal. I want them to become better than me. I want them, I want to empower them so that they are just soaring and they're incredible photographers because that brings so much fulfillment to me. So it's been definitely a refining process, but it's been so good. And I totally agree with what you said. So many more people are served this way. Mm -hmm. And my life is honestly so much better because I, like you, have eight weddings this year. And with a little one and then another little one on the way, you know, it makes all the difference. I can be at home so much more with them on the weekends. And so, yeah, it's just freeing. And it's so awesome to see. Now I just cheer my girls on when they book Mm -hmm. something awesome. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I'm so pumped for you. And it's just so exciting. We all celebrate each other. Amen. I want to dig into some of the questions that I know people are going to have in terms of not playing the devil's advocate, but breaking down some of the things that you have to think through if you're considering expanding your team. So question number one is how long do your associates usually stay with you? Do they book jobs outside of Nancy Ray photography? What does that look like in terms of the relationship with your associates and their commitment to your business? So from the start, I knew that I wanted to protect the brand that I had built, the Nancy Ray Mm -hmm. Photography brand. And so when my husband and I started talking about bringing on associate photographers, we knew that we wanted to offer a non-compete contract for them to sign, which means they would not work outside of the Nancy Ray Photography brand when it comes to weddings and families, and that they would sign that contract agreeing with to work with us for a year. And so, I mean, and that's common sense in the wedding industry. (laughs) Obviously brides aren't going to book you to shoot their wedding next weekend, right? They are booking you for a year out. And so, and we communicated this very clearly upfront. We went through the contract with every single one of our girls and we explained, here's the thing, non-compete immediately gets this like negative connotation. Like, oh, well, you, you're not going to let me shoot outside of this or, oh, that you're so controlling. And that's just not true. We believe that a non-compete is just a document that's an agreement that number one protects Nancy Ray photography and number two protects our relationship with this person. Whenever an associate comes on to our team, we have them sign this because we want to protect our relationship with them. The number one question we get asked all the time is people ask me, aren't you afraid that so-and-so is going to go start their own business? And my answer is no, because we have this contract in place and my girls get asked all the time, is your dream one day to just leave Nancy Ray and take everything that you've known and, and start your own business? And their answer is no. They say, we love being part of this team. And the contract allows us to do that because it protects our relationship, because we know the parameters that, that we've agreed to work in. I know that I can trust them to be fully committed to the Nancy Ray photography brand, fully committed to my clients, that they aren't split in their obligations or their priorities serving two different customers or different clients with different businesses. And it just creates a lot of buy-in. They are fully invested in serving the brides that are booking them. And they're also fully invested in our team and our relationship. And so it's very practical. It is a legal document. These are things you have to be smart about as a business person and think through well in advance before you ever hire anyone. You need to know what does that non-compete look like? What is going to be the geography scope or the time scope? Like what limitations are you going to put in place? And then you communicate that ahead of time, all throughout the interview process, so that they're not surprised by it, they know exactly what they're getting into. That's such great and valuable advice. We did the same exact thing. 
set that up, set parameters. We did a geographical one because my associate is from the other side of the country. And so I never wanted her to feel like she couldn't go home and serve clients over there. But yeah, we were very upfront with everything because you know that, especially as a business owner who's been in business for a while, Contracts aren't just legal jargon. They are protecting of relationships. They are expectation setters. They really define roles. And it's like, I feel like I use contracts more than ever now up front before things could ever potentially get messy. I think it's just such a beautiful way to do all that and really just have clear clear, definitive things within the relationship. Exactly. One of our core values is communication. And I feel like a contract just lays it all out for you. And it just clearly communicates, like you said, expectations. This is what I expect of you. And this is what I want you to expect of me. And we're both signing this. We're both agreeing to this for the best situation for our jobs and for this business, because I've been called to steward this business and steer it in the right direction and manage these relationships. And you can't take those things lightly. And a contract is just a tool to put in place to help protect and preserve those relationships and your brand and your business. Yes, I fully agree. So the second question that we get asked a ton is, what about quality control? What kind of things do you do to ensure that your clients, that your associates are shooting are going to get great experiences? How do you choose your associates? What does that process look like for you in terms of preserving the integrity of the brand that you've built for years and years and years? So this kind of goes back to the fact that my husband and I are Dave Ramsey fans and we hate that and we love Dave Ramsey and that's a whole nother story. But I read Dave Ramsey's book called Entree Leadership and he has a whole chapter in there on hiring and I highly recommend it. We ended up following that practice, his hiring practice to a T pretty much. We even added some things, but basically he says in a nutshell, make sure that you have a very thorough hiring process. It's easy when you're in need or you want to grow your team to hire someone fast, to hire a friend or that first person who emails you saying, Hey, can I work for you? Can I be your intern? Can I shoot for you? It's easy to just say, Oh yeah, here's an opportunity. But we decided to go a different route. And I think the first step to managing that quality is to really be thorough on the front end because it will save you tons of hours, tons of work, lots of headaches, disagreements, a bad fit. It will just save you so much time and money if you're thorough on the hiring end. So I have put my girls, we always laugh about this, you guys, because I'll be honest, it's really ridiculous how many (laughs) interviews we make our girls go through. And so literally... Callie is one of my girls and and I hired her first about five years ago. And her dad is like a big businessman. And he looked at her, she was in the middle of the hiring process. I think she was on our fifth or sixth interview with us. And he was like, Callie, I've never even had this many interviews with my corporate (laughs) jobs before. (laughs) Are you sure? And this was for a part-time position at the time. It was just a part-time assistant position in my home. It wasn't even for the associate photographer position yet. But everyone asks me like, where can I find a Callie? Like, where did you find her? And I just said, you know what? We were just really thorough. We took her through, I think, six interviews. And the last one, she was in a serious relationship with her boyfriend at the time. It's now her husband.
And But we took him, we invited him as part of her last interview. And that's one thing Dave Ramsey says is do a spousal interview to make sure they're not married to someone who's crazy. And that sounds crazy, but it affects <laughs> every part of their life and their work. And so we also wanted to hear from him. And we loved both of them, obviously. Like she's part of our team. She has been for coming up on five years now. And you know, being thorough on the front end is definitely the first part of managing the quality because I know, just like you said, Jenna, I trust my girls. Mm -hmm. And it's because I built that trust over all of those questions, those times that I learned from in the, in the hiring process. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt when they came on our team, I could trust them. I think the second part of just really maintaining the quality that we're offering, especially that we're offering to our brides and our clients, which is so important, is really to just give constant feedback to my team and they give feedback to each other. And, you know, this starts on day one with me. When you start working with me, I'm going to give you some positive feedback and I'm going to give you some critical feedback of how you can improve. And that's kind of scary and hard as a leader, but if you can set that tone and not be part of your culture from day one, if there's ever a problem or an issue, then you don't have any problem saying that to your team member. You know, every single wedding that they shoot, we always have like a, a critique. I mean, until they get past a certain point, usually they've been shooting for like two or three years, but we always critique their images. Like what, what would I have done differently here? You know, how could you have maybe approached this better? What were the circumstances here? Can you tell me a little bit about this? Do you see how you cropped these people's feet off? Maybe next time, not trying to do that. Do you see how this is a little underexposed? Let's work on that next time. And, and they are so hungry to learn. It's sweet because right. I hire the, the people that I trust that are very humble and hungry to learn. And then I'm able to give them these critiques and the, the encouragement as well. Obviously, I encourage them and praise them along the way. But being honest and communicating whenever there's a need or whenever I feel like, you know, your work's not quite up to the level I want, or even this email isn't like quite up to the level that I want, like I can tell them and they will soak it in and want to change directions. That's awesome. I think too, just like with contracts, sometimes feedback can be one of those back burner things. And I found the exact same thing. And when I was in college, I was a diver and I would often coach. And so one of the biggest tips that I ever got that I carry through with business is say two positives to everyone negative in terms of like, Hey, I really love how you did this and this, but next time maybe you should try this. And I think that it can totally spin the feedback in a really beneficial way. And it also just says, I'm noticing these things are great. And here's this one little area that you could improve on. And I think that that's been such a huge tip in life just to make sure, you know, it's so easy to criticize or to get, you know, your panties in a bundle or whatever right. that quote is. <laughs> panties in a log, something. Yeah. yeah. And so that's been super huge. And I think that's really encouraging too. And I think when you create a culture that is fostered with feedback, it's never a shock or a surprise. It's always just something that's expected and part of your workflow. So I'm really encouraged by that because I think that that is something we'll take into our busy wedding season. So my next question is, and I know a lot of photographers are probably wondering, now you shoot film. Do all of your associates shoot film? What does the editing process or post-processing look like for you and your team? And how does that kind of work out? 
Yes. So I do shoot film. My entire team also shoots in film. Um, we primarily shoot in film is what we say. So we do shoot some digital. So we're not a hundred percent film studio. We would be considered a hybrid studio, but whenever there's natural light and we have the opportunity to shoot in film, we are definitely shooting in film. This was a transition that took place in my heart just as a creative and as a business owner. I really felt like I wanted to change the course and kind of direction of my business and switching from digital to film while I was in the midst of building my team. And so (laughs) it was, yeah, it was kind of a double whammy. I'm learning to build this team and pour into them. And I'm trying to learn this whole new thing and I'm trying to teach it to my team. But it was awesome because we all learned it together. We all really grew together. And when I hired my most recent wedding photographer, she just started out on film. I mean, that's what we taught her on first. And so it's been really cool to see how long it took me. It's taken her like no time. And again, it's just really rewarding and encouraging to see how building other people up, they can just be accelerated on their path to success. The post-processing workflow is really interesting. And we've gotten a system down now that's just awesome. It's like a well-oiled machine, which it has to be with a team when you're managing a lot of different weddings and sessions. So there's myself, there's two wedding photographers, and we have an associate family photographer. And when any of us go out and do a wedding or do an engagement shoot or a family session, they'll come back and they drop off their film at the studio, clearly labeled. They put away all their equipment and label the CF cards if there's any CF cards taken as well. And then Callie or myself kind of handles that. And we immediately have like a process for shipping out the film, labeling it, and then importing all the CF cards as well. And we just have a really awesome file folder system, which I'm sure every photographer does according to date and event that really keeps us all in order. And inside that system, instead of there just being, you know, a raw files folder, like most digital photographers, we have a raws folder and we also have a film folder. And so we just drag everything into photo mechanic when we're calling and we always call and edit well, we don't have to edit the film photos, praise the Lord, but we always call the film photos first and then we call digital as well. So we do all the calling at the same time. And then when we edit it, we always keep the film just right there in front of our eyes so that when we're editing the digital, if we do have some digital images as part of the session, we can match it as closely as possible. Hey friends, are you enjoying today's episode? Awesome. I thought so. I wanted to remind you about our free training coming up. You can sign up and join at photowebinar.com. There are five free live trainings all about how I doubled my photography income in two years while working less. Go to photowebinar.com, snag your seat, show up and join me so that we can hang out live together and I can answer all of your biggest questions. You're amazing. You are a ninja. I know why people <laughs> use that word when they describe you. It's oh my incredible. word, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's really great. For us, we are doing a little bit differently. So I've outsourced my editing since I'm digital for quite some time, but I still edit anything that goes on my blog or the slideshow. So I love editing. I just don't like editing like a thousand images, exactly. you know? Yep. So I edit what I want to and what is shown as like the first initial look. And then we outsource the rest. And then with my associate, she has such a similar style in shooting. I honestly sometimes can't tell our work apart. And so she 
if she wants to, we can pay her the outsourcing fee for her to edit her own stuff, or we can outsource her stuff as well. So it's kind of nice because we're trying to give her the opportunity to take as much of the process as she would like if she feels connected to it, but also giving her the option if it's not something she wants to do, that we have somebody that can serve her that way. So it's always interesting to navigate those roles and understanding too, you know, as artists, some people do really love editing. Like it's just not a passion of mine. And so it's been really interesting to kind of see like, well, what do you feel comfortable with? What are you excited about? Is this part of your creative process that you really enjoy and kind of determining how that all works. And I think one of the most incredible parts of having Courtney on my team is, you know, we were in Hawaii for a month and she was sending me sessions she was doing under my brand. And it was just so awesome to see these people's images and how excited they were knowing that this was running without me having to do anything in the sense of being present right there in that moment. And so it was really, really awesome to just see the impact on so many different people just in that one decision, you know? Absolutely. And I'm like you, I don't love the editing process. Like I do love to edit like a handful of my favorites, but when it comes to a wedding, you know, I did that for years and years and years. I absolutely can edit a wedding, but I realized that my time is more valuable as a leader and growing this business and being the visionary for this business and leading my team. And so Callie has been our in-house editor for the past three years now, three or four years. And so we do all of our editing in the studio and she handles it all. And Olivia, our newest associate wedding photographer, who's been with us for gosh, two years now, she's starting to come into the studio now that we're getting a higher volume of weddings and Callie can't handle them all. And she's going to be editing as well. So it's just so cool to hear how you do it too, Jenna, because there's no right or wrong way. There's just different options out there and they're all good, but it's just so Yeah, it's just neat to hear that there are different paths you can take, whether that's completely outsourcing your editing or training someone to do it in-house. It's just cool to hear. One tidbit that I have really learned in terms of outsourcing, because now we have a semblance of a team and most of it supports more of the education side of my business. But one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was when you are training in someone new, specifically on the computer, screen flow it record it and then have a library of all the videos of how you do certain tasks in your business so that should that person ever move on or should you ever hire on a new person, you have a whole library of videos of how you do certain tasks in your business. And so it's been super awesome because with Courtney, I've done little editing screen full of videos of this is exactly how I edit and things like that. And so then should we ever take on another associate, we have a whole library of editing videos videos showing our exact process and what that looks like. And so it's been the best time saver just because now we're stocking up even on the education side so that my whole team has access to all of these videos in a Google Drive folder. And then if we ever need to reference them, they can just go there instead of stopping to ask the question. Absolutely. And we do the same thing and we do it in every aspect of our business too, like how to fulfill a print order. We have that written out step by step, you know, how to draft a blog post. We have all these things written out and it didn't dawn on me until after I had someone working for me for a year and a half that, Oh, we need to write all this stuff down. Like this person (laughs) isn't probably going to be with me until she's 80 years old. Let's be honest. Like at some point 
our business is going to change and things are going to shift and move and people can leave and people can come. And that's just a mature business owner perspective that you have to have. And if you're going to be a good steward of things, write it all down because it's so much easier. It's such a time saver just to refer back to that instead of having to start from scratch and rely on your own memory to teach them everything. And instead of Jenna being the only one that can teach and mentor, you know, pretty soon your associate will be able to turn around and teach someone else, which is really awesome to think about too. Exactly. And it's awesome too, because now my associate has her assistant who will be her second shooter. And that was one of my students in one of my courses. So it's been awesome to see, you know, technically we'll have four shooters, me and my second shooter, and then Courtney and her second shooter. And so it is just really cool to see, you know, that team just kind of grow and evolve. So how many associates do you have right now? And how many weddings do you guys do like as a collaborative? such a great question. So right now we are currently a team of six total. That's myself who's a lead wedding photographer. I include my husband in that count because he is definitely involved in the business, owns it alongside of me, but he does have his own full-time job, but he does a lot of our admin financial IT stuff. And then I've got two associate wedding photographers, Callie and Olivia, and I have one associate family photographer, Elizabeth. And then the sixth member of our team currently is our intern. And we have seasonal interns that rotate throughout the year. We have spring, summer, and fall interns. So it is a full house. It's a full studio, but it's awesome. And I would say, yeah, I guess in a nutshell, there's four of us who are lead shooters, three wedding photographers, and one family photographer. That's incredible. And then how can I, I don't know how to really word this, but do most of your associates, is this their full-time job or are they doing other things, pursuing other passions outside of this? Or are they, you know, mothers? What does that look like in terms of the kind of people you have with you? That's a great question. So one of our girls who's been with us the longest, I've mentioned a few times, Callie, she is awesome. She works part-time in the studio with me four days a week and she books 15 weddings a year and that's her max. And she's determined that, and I'm happy with that. And I love that because we really encourage, you know, family comes first. We don't want this business or this work to rule your life. And so she did shoot, I think like 23 weddings a few years back and just decided that was too much for me. So 15 weddings is kind of her sweet spot. And between the weddings and that compensation and her working in the studio, this would be considered her full-time job, even though she's working like part-time hours, but she is an employee. And so basically there's two ways to set up team members. You can set them up as an employee where you really manage their hours and they're doing the work underneath your brand and you're, you know, kind of telling them what to do and they're working under your house and using your stuff. And Callie would definitely be considered an employee. When we hired Olivia as our wedding photographer and Elizabeth as our family photographer, we set them up as contractors. And so they are not employees in the terms that, you know, I determine their hours and their shoots. They actually, with a contractor situation, they have more, I guess, authority or they can choose a little bit more of their own schedule. They use a lot of their own equipment. They have a lot of flexibility and freedom. And basically, in a nutshell, they're not working for me in the studio. They are just shooters. They're just photographers underneath my brand. And so they have, they basically schedule their shoots and they show up and shoot them and drop everything off at the studio. And if they need to borrow some studio equipment, then they do. But there's more of a, 
I guess, individuality, like where I don't control them quite as much, but I'm encouraging them and setting goals alongside them to kind of reach a number of shoots. Um, Elizabeth, our family photographer is still a contractor and Olivia, actually our wedding photographer, just with the upcoming baby's arrival and with our new volume of weddings that we're trying to handle and the new courses I'm trying to launch. We just recently transitioned her from a contractor position to an employee position. So now she is working part-time along with us in the studio. So Callie works four days a week. Olivia works three days a week now. Um, we also have our intern helping out working in the studio. And then Elizabeth is just a contractor. So I know that's kind of confusing. It's a lot. No, I think to go back awesome. and answer your other question, we're hoping to do between 35 and 40 weddings as a studio this year. And then next year, I think we hope to do a little bit closer to 40 to 45. Olivia is so driven and so pumped and wants so many weddings right now. And we're, it's, I tell her every year, you're going to build a little more every year, every year, you know, yeah. and that's another piece of advice is, you know, when you hire an associate photographer, you have to tell them from the start, you're not going to be booking 20 weddings a year, right? When you come on with me, like you need to have a long-term perspective. This is for next year and the year after that and the year after that, and you're going to build and grow slowly because that's what we all did. That's what, I mean, our clients and customers have to build up trust with you as well. And so that's kind of the journey that we're on, but it's been awesome to see. So I hope that answers the questions. It's kind of a lot of moving parts and our team has definitely kind of evolved and grown as the volume of work has grown as well. That's perfect. And that's almost exactly what we do. So Caitlin, who is my more administrative assistant, she's salaried. She's our first like full-time employee. She works about 20 hours a week as well. And then Courtney is a contractor as a second shooter. So that's exactly right. what we do as well. And the other note too, that I love that you just touched on is one of the hardest parts was is transitioning people who wanted me specifically to present this new option and opportunity. And it was definitely something, and I think it's still something we're going to encounter is a lot of people reach out to Jenna Kutcher expecting Jenna Kutcher. And so we had to be very thoughtful with the presentation of it and also just really wise with the way that we were presenting it. And I think that that was a really good challenge for us is, you know, we have this very established brand voice and, you know, I have, I am the brand, I'm the face of the brand. So what was that like for you as well? Cause I'm sure it was very similar. You know, it's, I've been Jenna Kutcher. I am Jenna Kutcher. Now we have this other branch and opportunity. Do you have any advice for people that would be thinking of navigating that, especially if they are the face of their brand? Absolutely. That was a really nerve wracking step for me. I don't know if you felt the same way, Jenna, but when I first put out my girls as, Hey, here are some associate wedding photographers that you also have the option of booking. And I hired them on. I'm, you know, I'm first of all, I'm promising my girls, Hey, I'm going to be booking weddings for you, but then I'm taking a risk by putting them out there in the back of my head. If I can be transparent, I was thinking, Lord, please help people to want to book them. I've never done this before. I don't know if people are going to want them like they want me. And how does this work? And number one, you just have to trust your brand that you've built. And if people trust you, they're going to trust your word in recommending someone. And it's not all going to be unicorns and rainbows right at first. People are going to be asking questions and hard questions like how much experience do these people have? You know, how did they get trained? What knowledge do they have? How can I trust them? What I told them, I, I we go through a very 
thorough and like you said, well thought out launch process where I trained my girls for months and months and helped them to build up their own portfolios at weddings that I was shooting beforehand so that when I launched them as an associate photographer, they had their own galleries. They had their own pricing PDFs with beautiful images in it. So they already had this credibility because they were shooting. I also never launched them until I was a hundred percent confident in their ability and they were 100% confident in their ability. My girls were not shooting weddings prior to working for me. I literally taught them and trained them 100% of everything that they know. Not saying that everyone has to go that route, but it really worked for us because I hire more according to values and beliefs and a good fit than I do for skill. And so I think that anything can be trained, any skill can be taught, but you can't really teach those behaviors in that right fit. And so that's just my personal philosophy. But when I trained them, we were a hundred percent confident. Like I can release you. Yeah, I'm nervous, but like, I know that you're going to serve these couples well and that you're going to produce awesome work. And so we created online galleries for them, pricing PDFs for them. I did price them at a lower price point than me. And that's when, when people asked and said, how much experience do they have? We were honest. And I said, listen, I've trained them on everything that I know. They're awesome photographers and you're going to be in good hands. They do not have as much experience as me. And I'm going to be honest with you about that, but I wouldn't offer them to you unless I trusted them myself. And so just being honest, like the whole way through and also just really strategic. I also really encourage my girls be yourself, have your own personal Instagram account, have your own personal brand. I want you connecting with these brides. I want you I don't want your work to look exactly like mine. I want you to be you as a photographer. I want you to be learning and growing from different magazines, different artists, following different people, get inspired by getting outside, take your camera, have fun. I'm telling them constantly, put your own personal touch on everything, on your social media presence. And that has really served them well and served our team well too, just by me saying, I don't want you to get lost in my identity. Yes, you're underneath this brand, but I want you to have a very strong identity and style for yourself. And I think that cultivates a lot of trust from new clients as well. That's awesome advice. One thing that we did that I thought was really fun is since I just have one associate, we hired Courtney to do our anniversary photos so that we could experience being her clients. I love that. And, and so it was really great because Drew had never met her. We wanted to see how we felt in terms of comfort during the session. She shot digitally. So she shot on two cards and I got to keep one and then provide feedback off of that card. And so it was really, it was really awesome. And like it, it just gave us the trust in terms of like, that was probably super awkward for her to have to do that, you know, for us. Right. And probably so intimidating. Was, yeah. yeah. So it was really just a great experience and a really fun way to connect and be able to also have images and show like we trust her to take our images like we are placing our trust in her she's this good look at this I mean so that was kind of part of our strategy as well which was really fun that's awesome yeah I love that we do a lot of trades and kind of when we trained we would all just get dressed up and like yes. go out to the field and be like <laughs> okay you're shooting this couple you're shooting this couple we make we bring the husbands along the dogs and we're like this is what we do and we do that once a year and it's so fun um, where we'll do team photos for each other and that's we always shoot each other's christmas cards and we make a big day out of it and it is so much fun but that's just an awesome way to even yeah strategically say hey i'm trusting her to take my photos you should trust her too 
Exactly. Okay. The last part of the conversation that we have to touch on is the financial side of things. And I know with Will, you guys are all on top of this. So I think that people's biggest hesitation in terms of outsourcing anything, whether it be administrative, expanding their team is always a financial side of thing. So what kind of advice would you give to somebody, whether they're a photographer or just an entrepreneur that is thinking about expanding What kind of things would you say if they said, well, I'm really worried about the money? I think that's a common worry for everybody who's starting to grow a team. How am I going to pay for this person? How am I going to pay their bills? And the biggest piece of advice that I can share with you is to make sure that you have a bigger than normal emergency fund ready to go in your business. You know, we always err on the side of kind of that safety net, that emergency fund, just because you don't know what's going to happen. You can't predict life. You don't know if there's going to be some life, unforeseen life circumstance that pops up or a dip in business or fill in the blank. And so before we ever made a hire, we did beef up our business emergency fund, our savings, our checking account, just so that we had more than enough. So we could say, you know what, we can pay this person for the next three months without feeling like really tight or like, Hey, I can't pay myself anymore. Or, Hey, this is really like a bad decision. But secondly, you know, you have to realize too, if you're hiring someone to help build your team, they're going to be bringing in additional income. And so there is this scary factor, but as soon as your associates, if you're hiring a contractor, then they're taking, you know, a payment from that wedding. You're going to pay them for their work, but they're bringing in money to help pay for themselves. So it's not like you're doing all the work and paying for them. You want to hire people that are going to grow your business, grow. They're going to help grow the financial side of it and essentially help pay for themselves, pay for their own job and their own position, but be wise with it. If you're not in a good financial situation, if you're, if you're tight month to month, maybe it's not a good time for you to hire, or maybe just start out with an intern or something like to kind of test it out and not go, you know, full fledged and hire a part-time or full-time employee, because you'll learn it's a big responsibility and it is expensive. And there's a lot of other things that you have to manage, not just paying them, but paying taxes and taking care of all that as well. So just being wise with it, but also knowing you know, if you have an emergency fund, if your business, if you are turning away clients and you can turn them into helping you bring in more money, they eventually will pay for themselves and your business will be better for it. Absolutely. I've always found too, you know, a lot of times we have this desire, like once you start outsourcing one thing, you like, I mean, it's like almost an addiction. I'm like, what can I get off my plate? What can I get off my plate? And I think that in all things in life and business, it's a slow grow and you want to make sure that these people are adding true value to your business and to your life. And just like you said, yes, the expense is going to be something, but what is your time worth? And if you have more time, how could you spend it? You know, even looking at outsourcing editing, it was like $200 per wedding. I was spending almost 40 hours a week editing. If I can't make $200 in 40 hours a week, what am I doing? You know, right. like I could book <laughs> one more shoot and pay to have that outsourced as well. Things like that. And so you really have to look in terms of what is it costing me to not outsource? And, you know, once I have that extra time or once this frees me up to do something different, what does that look like? And for me, especially right now in my business, I've never spent 
more money in my entire life. Like the amount of money going out is insane, but the amount of money that is coming back in trumps that by so much more. And that's how we make those business decisions is yes, it is expensive and scary, but at the same time, if you're hiring the right people, they're going to add value and profits to your business. One of my favorite phrases is from this book called Traction. It's one of my favorite business books by Gino Wickman. And he says to delegate and elevate. And you can't elevate yourself as a leader, as a business owner and and work smarter unless you delegate. You have to get used to delegating. And that was really the turning point for me when I decided to hire a team or team member. I started small. That's another thing. I hired Callie as a part-time studio assistant for two days a week for, I think, like four hours each day. And I even told her, like, I just need to delegate some things. You might even go to the grocery store and get my groceries for me. <laughs> yep. You might even, you know, package. It might just be packaging a lot of print orders and taking them to the UPS store. It it might be stuff just like sweeping or cleaning out the closet, like things that I have to do, but I don't have the time to do. And literally, I remember Callie going to get my groceries and that was how she started with me. Yep. And now she is an incredible photographer as an associate, but it started small. And I think that's another piece of advice. Financially, don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't hire someone for 40 hours a week. If you're not ready for that, people would want to work for you for a very small amount of time. I mean, she was a student at the time. It worked great with her school schedule. It's a part-time job and it really slowly and beautifully grew over time. So don't be afraid to put what you feel is out there like a small job because it could grow and you have to do what's wise for you in your business. Absolutely. Nancy, we could talk all day. Like this is what is the hardest part about running a podcast is I could talk all day. I think you could too. I think we could keep this conversation going forever, but until maybe we'll meet again on this very space, Where can people find you? Your information has been so valuable. Thank you for being just so open and honest. I can't appreciate that more. I think that people really need that. And especially when it comes to stuff like this, that's super complex, next level, a little bit scary, more like a lot of bit scary. Yes. Thank you so much. So where can everyone stay in touch with you? Look into your incredible resources. Um, Yeah. Join your book club. Are you still doing that? So it's an unofficial book club. It's on Instagram. I'm just reading and saying, Hey, whoever wants to read these books with me, you can. But I created the hashtag Nancy Ray reads um, just so that I can keep all of the books I'm reading up to date. But yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Nancy Ray. My websites and my blog is just nancyrayphotography.com. And as you mentioned earlier, I founded the shop last year, which is the educational side of my business, which is Nancy Ray shop. Dot com, um, also on Instagram at Nancy Ray shop. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, it's been such a joy. I think that being open and honest is the only way to go because I would have loved for people to tell me <laughs> starting out when I was building a team, exactly what to do, what, you know, what path I should take, what thoughts should I be having? Is this okay? You know, I kind of did it blindly and took some risks, but I learned a lot of lessons along the way. So I agree. We could talk all day. Thank you so much, Jenna. It's just been such a joy and just talking team stuff with someone else who has a team. It's so much fun. Yeah. To be on this journey with you, but so grateful and thank you so much. Of course. And don't forget Nance, tell everyone what they can get if they go to the show notes at golddiggerpodcast.com. Yes. So I am creating a PDF for you guys called 
our top five secrets to building a team. And so these are going to be the five key things, key pieces of advice, our secrets that have really set us up for success as a team. So if you're interested in building a team one day, or maybe if you're just interested in leadership or want to have this in your back pocket one day, definitely go download that for free. Awesome. And again, that'll be at golddiggerpodcast.com. Everyone, please go check out Nancy. If anything, just follow her so that you can follow her journey into being a mama of two. She's absolutely beautiful. And thank you so much, Nancy. We will chat very soon. Thank you, Jenna. And thank you, listeners. It's just been such a joy. Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. You gold digging dream chaser, you.